This segment of Blair and Barker is brought to you by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. Can't do it with a Blue Jays game, though. Not right now. Be nice. Jays are done. Who's the first team you want to watch play? First team, like the first team now that the Jays are out of it and oh, you know we sort man. of have to watch and we're going to break down every single thing that you, the Jays you, were done. The first team you can't wait to watch now is who? Guardians. Really? Yeah. You're lying. No. That's a lie. No. You're such a liar. No. <laughs> That's not true. That's yeah. the first team you picked. Yeah, cause it was I, nothing, nothing in the fifteenth inning. Yeah, cause, cause I. That's not true. No, nah, man, I, I like the. That's. I like the story. I like the pictures. Your, that's not true. You got a Canadian connection with it's, Josh Naylor. It's, it's, for me, it's the Astros. I, I just want to yeah. see. I think they're that much better than everybody else. I want to see it. No, I want. I want to see it. I want to see the Guardians and the Yankees because I, I want to see the sphincters tight. Well, seeing the, the Yankees, Yankees lose, lose yeah. would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I want to see that, you know, the whole yeah. Raldis Chapman thing. I mean, I'm not sure. Not having a Raldis Chapman that in your bowl, that's that not helps. a bad thing. That, it, helps. that helps, but it's a bad look. It's a bad look. Is it? It's a bad look, yeah. It would tell you they're about winning. It they don't would, care about the name, which would, is cool. Maybe. If you're a Yankees fan. It'd be different if it. It would tell me that a guy who was an integral part of your success a couple of years ago. A couple of years is the right word. Something isn't. Something isn't right, yeah. but anyhow, yeah, I, yeah, I, can't I, believe watch that's, the, I can't believe that's who you meant. You said the Guardians. I want to watch the Guardians beat the Yankees. What's wrong with that? I know it's going to happen. The Astros are going to bum rush the Mariners. I'm not interested in that. Although I have to admit, I'm developing a hatred for the Mariners a little. I, bit. I am too a little. Yeah. Should I? Yeah, I. I you know, I, I thought I'm suspicious about Luis Castillo hitting a dude in the hand with the last pitch. Two strikes. I'm a little surprised. The Mariners don't hit. The Mariners don't it hit. Worked. It worked. <laughs> it Mariner, worked. Mariners don't. Mariners generally don't well, hit guys. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Anyhow, so we beat yeah, you, and I hit your best player in the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing them get thumped. Um, in the National League series, chance. the National League series. I just. I'm waiting for Alex Anthopoulos to sign me to a five-year, four hundred million dollar contract. He's <laughs> yeah. signing everybody else yeah. to contract. I do bring have his in, number. You think I can call him? Yeah, I got. I can. I've already texted him. No answer yet. Let's bring Smart in guy. Caleb Joseph, our Blue Jays analyst on uh, Blue Jays Central, waiting at the airport. He got through customs. Yes. Lied again. You lied again to get through <laughs> customs. The rogue agent escaped the hammer. <laughs> Did you get uh, searched? You what? made it through that. Oh, never. Never. No, never. 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 They, 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 they hear me on Blair Barker. They know who I am. Yeah, now. I bet they do. Uh, so Caleb, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Ryan Dempster because uh, we haven't had a chance to talk since since whatever the hell that was on Saturday. How much of that was on? <laughs> how much of that was on the Jays? How much of that was on the Mariners? Well, I'll tell you what. I want to run you through the sixth inning, and this to me was just a massive breakdown. You know, when you talk about trying to evaluate where a pitcher's at, you go by the eye test, and then you go by the numbers. So the eye test for me showed that Kevin Gosman had a really good split that day. I mentioned it on the pregame show before. If that thing was moving straight down, he was in good shape, and it was. It moved straight down the entire game. 
he threw it almost 50% of the time, which shows how much he liked it and how effective it was. And then when you go to the numbers, let me break down some numbers for you. There's a lot to unpack here. I want to start off with Santana, okay? When they decided to bring in Tim Mesa, they flipped Santana around to his right side. This year, Santana, one for 15 versus the right-handed split. So that's him batting from the left side. So against the split, which Gosman has, mm-hmm. he was one for 15, no home runs. No home, that's a good matchup, right? Gosman's got a good yep. split. Yep. Santana doesn't hit him. Remember, the at-bat before, he hit a fastball to right center field that almost cleared the wall and was a home run. But then you go to Tim Meza versus right-handers in the last 15 days. Last 15 days of the season, 462 average, 533 on base, 692 slug. That's not very good. That's not very good. Oh, and by the way, Santana batting right-handed mm-hmm. versus the left-handed split this year. Four for 42. So, for me, I'm going to try and unpack this. The eye test said that Gosman had a good split. Santana doesn't like the split from the left side. If you're going to make a switch, okay, fine. If you're going to bring in Meza, which I absolutely would not have done. If you're going to bring in Meza, he's not hot. He hasn't been pitching well to right-handed hitters lately. And they threw him three sinkers. They didn't even throw him the left-handed slider that he's four for 42 on this year. The entire thing was messed up. It didn't pass the eye test and it doesn't pass the numbers test. And that's just what I can't get over. Oh, and by the way, the first pitch of the inning was a long dart at 93, about 50 feet, which scores a run and then opens up a base. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I think the game might've sped up on him. You have Jared Kelnick coming up after Santana which you got to think they're probably going to pinch it more there, which they ended up doing. And then another lefty in Crawford. It's all about trying to find your out. At that point, the one guy that has playoff experience and has done damage is Carlos Santana. I'm, I'm pitching around that guy because I have a base open. I think the entire inning just totally sped up on everybody involved. There's no chance I would have put Mesa in there from the beginning, but then you take a deep dive on the numbers, and the numbers don't even make sense. Plus, Gosman had a great split going that day. And remember, they might have been a little bit worried about him giving up three straight hits in the sixth inning, but previously they had scored four runs in the fifth to put the score up eight to one. What are you supposed to do as a starting pitcher? Go attack the zones, and that's what he does. He gets an ambush first pitch fastball to Ty France, which he singles to right field, then two bleeders. And then he goes and gets Mitch Hanniger out with a split, a nasty split, and he gets Adam Frazier to pop up a split, which he is probably their best contact guy. That Mm -hmm. shows you how effective that split was. And then they want to flip around Santana. It just made zero sense, both with the eye test and with the numbers. Okay, with all those things said, if you're Ross Atkins, does that force you into having now to go out and find you a new manager? Because I think by you saying what you said, now I'm not in that camp. I think they bring John back because he's the right guy. He made a bad move. I think we can all agree on that. But if you're Ross, reading that stuff you were just reading there, it it would tell you not to make that move, right? And you still made it and you lost the game maybe because of that. Does that force you to have to go out now and find a new manager? Or do you think they found their manager in John? I think John's the guy. I think it's incredibly unfortunate that that was 
kind of, for me, that was the game. And that was the decision that really turned the game because it gave the Seattle Mariners a lot of momentum. If they don't give up any runs there, that game is basically over with nine outs to play and an 8-1 lead. The fact that they gave up four, put it within reach, they started feeling some momentum, and then they got lucky with a bunch of bloopers. John Schneider's the guy. He has the respect of the guys inside the clubhouse. I really feel like once he gets a full spring training down, he is going to really show how meticulous he is with the details and the fine parts of the game. I had many conversations with him in 2020, and I'm not an end-all, be-all, but I played for some pretty decent managers that have won a lot of games, and everything that he was saying was on those same similar lines, and I feel like that's what it takes to be a separator and to win games deep into October. I think he's the guy. I think he just made a mistake. Uh, it happens. The unfortunate part is it was a mistake that led to the, the end of the season for the Blue Jays. I, I think they're probably going to go out and have a managerial search. But for me, Schneider's the guy. I will say he needs some bad cops around him. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to out anybody on that staff. They're all amazing guys. I was with the exact same staff in 20, but he needs some bad cops. There's a lot of good cops in there. And I think you were talking about this earlier with like the home run jacket and just some of the aesthetics of what it looks like you know when you when you play against Houston Astros they're going to have fun but there's a level of kind of we're here to beat rear and that's number one and winning allows us to have that fun and uh, I think this team needs a little bit more bad cop in that dugout that are able to keep these guys really focused on the end game which is to beat rear not just uh, put a jacket on and, and, and high-five and celebrate when we hit a three-run homer in a 5-1 uh, to one losing effort. Caleb, is it fair to criticize John for not putting Jackie Bradley Jr. in the game? And, like, I, I understand that we got – I even had somebody reach out to me and say, this is why you have Bradley Zimmer on the roster instead of Gabriel Moreno. And, and mm. you know, I mean, I normally I would have some sort of smart-ass – reaction to that but I just didn't at, at that point in time I didn't but did you have any problem with the way John employed or didn't employ his defensive replacements in this game because I told Kevin it seemed to me my first reaction is why the hell aren't they out there why the hell aren't they out there and then it, it almost seemed to me as if John must have thought that maybe you know 8-1 is an 8-1 against with with the bullpen I have right now and to me he kind of managed like a guy who didn't trust the 8-1 lead yeah, you know what? Jackie Bradley's played more center field and right field than left field. He's so good that I think he could have shifted over to left field and been totally fine. To be perfectly honest with you, that move didn't really stand out to me okay. uh, when it actually happened. It didn't stand out until a couple balls <clears throat> fall right in front of Tapia, right? And those balls, I think, hit probability had them at 40% and 50%. And so those are tweeners. I think if he's not positioned, pinched in the gap, he gets those balls. But they've done really well in terms of positioning their outfielders to, to take away some extra base hits. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that some of those bloopers fell in. But that kind of ties back in, to be honest with you, Jeff, with the swing and miss stuff. So I think that's yep. why guys out of the bullpen have that swing and miss. There's less opportunities for those contact off the end of the bat, off the label, to fall in in between the infielder and right in front of the outfielder. Uh, in hindsight, yeah, it would have been nice to see Jackie Bradley in there and left because I think he probably makes those catches. But again, it, these weren't 70, 80% catch probabilities. These were coin flips. Mm-hmm. And for me, 
it, usually you're talking about bloops and a blast. What well, was the opposite? It was a blast and then a bunch of bloops that got him. And the play in center field, that was – I'm totally with Kevin Barker. You're asking guys at 100% with 50,000 people yelling and screaming, the yeah. game is on the line. They're going after it. That is – that is a really tough call, and there's no amount of communication you can have. Bo's looking up at the ball trying to make that play. George is looking up at the ball. There's no I got it, I got it. In the playoffs, it's so dadgum loud, you can barely even hear your, your mind thinking. And so it's, that was a freak play. But what got them there was the mistake, in my opinion, in the sixth, not letting Gosman finish it. Otherwise, if Gosman gets out of that inning, they score three runs they're in the eighth. Now they're still down three runs going into the ninth. And then you really like your chances with two or three back-end guys uh, to finish that out. Hopefully it's Romano getting three. But, I mean, are you, you're really telling me you think the, the Seattle Mariners can score three off of Romano in, in one inning? I don't think so. So it was a precursor with the stuff that happened in the sixth, in my opinion, that led them to where they were. We hear players say we'll learn from it and be better for it. Can you give me an example? Because I don't really understand that. I, you know, I think this this game is very individual. It's a very individual thing. But you've been in some big games. You've had some losses on some teams in some big games. Explain to me what sort of that. We heard Chappie say, right, he's going to learn from it and be better for it next year. Can you give me an example of that? Well, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, I'll give you two examples. I want to go back to game one right after Eugenio Suarez hit that ball down the right field line uh, for the double to score Rodriguez in the first inning. Mm -hmm. Alec Manoa had been missing arm side the entire day. He was amped. He was pumped. The ball kept leaking out towards the arm side, meaning inside the right-hander. So you have a first-year player, well, second-year player in Cal Raleigh who is all or nothing. It is a home run or a strikeout pretty much. They tried to go inside with a fastball to Cal Raleigh. He fouls it off. He's so early that the left-handed batter fouled that ball off towards the first base dugout. You know what that means, Kevin. When you're really early, you foul it off that way. If you're late as a left-handed hitter, a fastball, you're late, that ball is getting fouled off towards the third base dugout. Mm -hmm. For me, when I was watching that, I said he's ambushed. He is ready to hit. He is on time. He is early. I'm not going back to that. I'm going to try and back him off. What did they end up doing? They end up trying to force the issue and throw six out of seven fastballs to Cal Raleigh. Major mistake. You have a young kid up there that is amped up. A lot of times when guys start off wound up, you have to slow them down. Would have been a great time for the breaking ball, maybe even that change up, but you've got to make adjustments. And that's something that, that I think Manoa and Kirk might have learned. They tried to force the issue, and I don't know why that was maybe in the scouting report, but they kept trying to force the issue with that fastball when it was leaking over, not only during that at-bat, but the two previous at-bats before. The game was telling them to make an adjustment. They kept trying to force the issue. And then I want to go to Danny Jensen. Uh, this is just from a catcher's perspective because this is, what, this is what I did. But as soon as Tim Meza throws that ball down in the dirt, you know, I'm going out there and having a conversation and saying, okay, we have a base open. Where is our out? We have to get one out. There's two batters to get one out. Do you want to go after Santana? If so, what is our plan and how and where are we going to miss? Second thing is if we don't want to go after Santana, let's throw some pitches over here. Your best command pitches off the plate. If he chases, great. If not, no big deal. Then we're going to go and attack either Kelnick or Moore. I think that's the better matchup. What do you think? And you have a conversation. You slow the game down. Those are type of things that you just have to learn while experiencing 
the playoffs and how fast it's moving because the major league game moves very, very quickly. It moves twice as fast in the playoffs. Caleb, really yeah. good of you to do this. Terrific insight. Uh, listen, it's been a lot of fun uh, having mm-hmm. you around this year. I've learned a lot, had some great discussions. Uh, most importantly, some stuff we can't say in the air, which always <laughs> makes a relationship good. Um, listen, have a safe flight home, and yeah. we'll, we'll be in touch, man. You're the best, buddy. Thanks. Uh, yeah, you guys are great. Thanks for having me, and thanks to all the listeners. You guys are the best. You guys make it fun for all of us, and uh, keep listening because these guys are legit. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks, man. Take care. It's Caleb Joseph. Uh, Might be my rookie of the year. Absolutely. That just, just hearing that from an individual, I, I, I think whenever you hear certain players and you brought up the question about, you know, is it eyewash? And then you start thinking about Dempster said, it's a very individual thing. Caleb said, it's a very individual thing. It could be an individual situation that if I do it one time, the next time I'm in it. And we were talking about experience coming into this thing. How can you control it and not let it fester into something being a loss? I just I think that's very cool for a guy that it actually he's telling you that experience matters. Caleb right? uh, Caleb also used a line that I think I'm going to use from now on instead of saying the moment got too big for the guy or you know even choke talked about the that's game strong. sped yeah. up for some people. The game sped up for some people. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right way to put it. Yeah. I think that's the right way to but put it. But it gets back to that when you see Mesa choking that sinker off. Yeah. Tiempo, run out there and go, I saw what you did. I know why you're doing it. Now but, how do we attack this guy did. and how do you feel? It's just real quick because you've been there and done it before. But Kevin, Danny, Jans- Danny Jansen's caught for a long time. Like, In the playoffs, he, big time games. He's done that a lot. It's again, yeah, Caleb's he, telling you those big time he's actually spots. Caught that playoff series yeah. against In Tampa Bay. I mean, this is not his first playoff series. Yeah, and and Mesa will sort of tell you the way he pitched the judge. His sinker's his best pitch. He's gonna keep throwing it and keep throwing it until yeah. you show you show him that you can't hit it. So. Yeah, uh, the, maybe in situations you just need better arms to go to in those spots. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just don't want that. You just don't want that many balls in play. There you go. You just don't want that many balls in play. Not Tim's fault. Four one six. He is what he is. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety by the text line. John and Niagara in the lake. Does Schneider deserve to be the manager next season? Yes. Did Schneider make some poor decisions in game two? Yes. A change the Blue Jays need to make is a philosophical one. Less emphasis in analytics and more gut calls in making a decision. That's from John John and Niagara in the lake. Can, ain't happening. Can, can, can we guarantee that that was not a gut call? I No. That's a good point. I, I don't know. We, we'll have to find out. I Will we ever? How, what's, Probably not. Nobody will ever tell us. Probably that not. That the khaki said something to do with Probably taking not. Gosman out? Tom and Huntsville. Probably not, Kevin. You're right. Tom and Huntsville. You want to talk about uh, Vlad and Bo getting a pass? Uh, yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I listen to your show uh, uh, quite often. I love it. Uh, Thanks, you're doing sir. a great job. Thank you, sir. A couple of points here. And I know, Kevin, you've always said this. Your best players got to be your best players when it's in big games. Yeah. And I'm looking at the stats for the, I know it's a small mm-hmm. sample size of these two playoff games, but the spotlight is on those two games, and that's when you got to rise up. Um, Springer, Bichette, and Vladdy, the top three guys, went five for 23. 
and that that's a 217 batting average and that's not going to that's not great for your best players um i would also say you know, and I hear you guys say, well, Chappie's got to come back because he's such a good defensive player. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But on the flip side, uh, you've got Pichette, who's, who's by stats is the second worst uh, shortstop in the majors. And he only moves up to the 11th best because of his hitting. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think you can sign both Pichette and Vladdy. And right now, I would put I would trade Bichette. You're not going to get a guy like Ian Happ or a gentleman earlier said Dylan Cease. They're not going to trade Dylan Cease for Jansen or someone, right? Yeah. I don't even know why they would trade him. But, you know, um, we can't sign both Vladdy and Bichette. I'm disappointed in how they hit in these two games. Uh, Hernandez I would definitely bring back. Wow. And, yes, for John Snyder as the manager again. Thank you, and keep up the great work, Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, I sir. appreciate it. Yeah, the, the, I don't want Teo. You know what? All all the stuff. Before you talk, before you talk, here, here's the deal with Teoscar. Teoscar, we all know baseball IQ, and and he looks like sometimes he he's not hustling. I think a little bit of that more is who he is than he's actually not out there trying. And occasionally he needs that tough guy, which is John, to say, "Get your head out of your derriere, or I'm going to bench you, and you're not going to play for a couple of days," which he did one time. Uh, I, for me, power like that don't grow on trees. And you're going to need that. I'm not saying he's the be-all, end-all, but if I can get what I need with trading something else other than him, I'm keeping him another year. Ugh. I'm sorry. It's not It's not like he's so elite that he's the only guy that would get you what you want. You would have to package him with somebody else. Where are you getting the power from? So, all right, you're going to bring that, that's, a, that's well, elite power. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I know elite, we're, we're saying power. Springer's it's playing right, it's elite, it's elite 60 power or 70% that was, more... It's elite power that wasn't there for most of the year. I mean, he did hit 26 or 7 homers. That's a lot of homers. And and being out some of the time and and getting off to slow starts and having issues with the slider oh, down and away. This? The, what about this? The league this? made an adjustment. I'm not saying he plays every single day, but that power don't grow on well, trees. Well, he's got to play every single day. You're not going to bring him back and not play him every well, single that, that day. I mean, guy, he has to that play every single day. That guy playing some right, too, well, is the thing. Well, Oscar in left field. No, he's not very good over there. He did play well, some over there. Stick him in you. left field. I'm with you. Yeah. Learn how to play left field. There it is. Stick him in left field if you want to do that and 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 get better. Find that left-handed bat who can saying, maybe play center field. I'm not saying if he's the deciding factor in what you want, you don't trade him. No, listen. But where'd the power coming from? Well, I mean, that's big-time power. I, I, I'm not – unless he's signing a long-term contract here, I'm probably going to move on. I mean, him. sooner or later, you got to just I, eat some of those, and, and it is what it is. If I can't find better, I'm keeping it. Yeah. I, if you're asking me, would I rather that – would I rather that I keep Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and 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 package, throw another throw a, uh, you know, I don't know, throw a minor leaguer in with Sam Roberts or somebody like that with Teoscar to get something? I'd rather do that than than get rid of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. because Lourdes Gurriel Jr. still is still relatively cheap. Um, I I've just has the Blue Jays organization passed worrying about cheap. I don't. Well, no, because they're gonna. It, well, here's the thing. No, if they're gonna go out and spend money on free agents and give Vladdy a contract and give, they need some cheap guys. You can't run around and have everybody in your freaking roster making twenty million yeah. a year. You need some cheap I guys. I think they've already told you without telling you. They're not signing both Bo and well, Vladdy. But the point is, even if they're they're both, you need some cheap guys. Yes, you do. You mm. need some. You need guys who can contribute, making three million dollars a year. Great players would help. Well. And and all this stuff we talk about needing an adult in the room and anything, 
let's you know we're, we're kind of dancing around this year. You talk to people around the team about who needs, you know, who's the guy that is a little too happy go lucky. It's Tay Oscar. Yeah. Everybody says I'm it. You. I'm with you, but I'm just telling you <laughs> the power. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't trade him if you have to trade him. Yeah, I, I think you, but you don't give him. Away. I, I think if you want to. If you want to do all that stuff that everybody talks about, sending a message, et cetera, et cetera, get your that's head not, out of your ass. Get your head out of your ass. I think he's the guy. Me, I think he's the guy. Message has been sent when you when you give up an eight to one lead. At I home don't know. Message has, in the sixth inning. I don't. You know, that's I, the message. Yeah, I'm not certain. Did he hit two homers? I'm not certain. Yeah, game? he did. He did. He hit two home runs. They were he way had, up. He had a great game. They were way up. He had a great game. He hit 26 home runs this year. That's how many he hit. See the guy you'd want up in the big situation? You never mentioned him. You said the big situation. You wanted George Springer up. You've been saying that all along. Big situation when Bo was rolling. Bo was the guy you want up. At no point did you say big situation to Oscar's a guy you want up. I'm saying don't give him away. Well, you're not going to give him away, but I I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I certainly wouldn't sign him to a, to a new contract. I, I never said that. Jimmy in Vancouver, you want to talk about the Barrios well, deal? <laughs> I'm going to talk about that, but I just got to say we do have the best broadcasters. The team might suck, but with you guys, Caleb, Hazel, uh, Joe Siddle, we're, we're pretty good that way. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Well. Thank you. That. I appreciate that. Well, that's true. Barker, now, Barker now lets a little too many balls get put in play, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm not even touching that. Um, <laughs> Atkins, I just always comes back to him for me, and it seems like he does get a little bit of a pass. I mean, you look at Cleveland since those guys left. They've turned in to be pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Alex goes to Atlanta, and I was going to talk about the kid they signed today, but they've signed most of their guys, yep. like, and they're doing fantastic. The trades he made last year, unbelievable trade deadline. Atkins put everything on Barrios. Seattle, another good organization, goes out and gets, uh, oh, my God, uh, Castillo. Castillo. <laughs> what happened? They, they, they blew their uh, capital last year, on, on, and I'm not saying that might have got um, Castillo, the guys they sent to Minnesota last year. But, hey, with those two guys, with uh, Gabriel Moreno and maybe Martinez, they might have got it done, but they, they went that way. That was a huge mistake, and you can't deny that. The, the stats prove it out. That was a bonehead play. I mean, it just seems like all those other organizations are going on, and Atkins, all he's going to do tomorrow is going to go, oh, we're excited about this, we're excited about that. Uh, the internal, the external, this, that, our performance department. Dude, I want freaking wins in the playoffs. I don't want to hear that you're excited about this or that. Let's get it done. I know he's not going anywhere, but the evidence is pretty strong that they haven't done a great job. They've had four playoff games since they've been here, really, since they've been here. Don't give me the 2016 stuff. And it's been a monumental failure. Cleveland, boom, they're going to another round. Yeah, they got an easier division. Seattle, nothing to do with those guys. They make trades. They're, they've passed us. It's just so frustrating, you know, having these guys here with their corporate speak. A corporate speak's great if you're winning, but there's been a lot of L's, and that's all i got to say. Yeah, Jimmy, I appreciate the call. Yeah. Um, you know, look, the, the, it seems to me that a lot of the issues people do have with Ross is uh, is the way he tries to communicate with people. You know, someone says to me a lot of times, there's a lot of word salad there with Ross. Um, I, I, I'm just going to say... I'm going to remind people to go back and listen to some of Alex's interviews when he was here. So Alex, Alex was, Alex was capable of, you know, running the odd, spread, spread running, it out. He, he, spread yeah, it thank out. you. Yeah, he was capable yeah, of, yeah. of running the odd and fake. They weren't every, great when he was here either. every now and then. Uh, when it came to to explanations, the point about Brios is interesting though because you know the one thing. 
if you look at the moves Ross Atkins has made and take a step back, the Gosman deal was good. The Ryu deal at the time, I'm, listen, I'm going to defend the Ryu deal to my yeah, death yeah, because sense. at the time it made sense. It, it got the ball rolling. It got the ball rolling. Yeah. And you know what? You had to. You did. You had to. You had to do Show some baseball, business. You were going to spend, and you had to. You know what? You had to do some business with Scott Boris. No question. I mean, you just do because you did. Most of the teams that are winning are doing business with Scott Absolutely. Boris, so you had to do that. Um, the 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 trades he's made, by and large, have worked. Uh, the bullpen, you know, the bullpen wasn't as good as it needed to be in the postseason. But he made it better in season with his moves. He did that last year as well. Didn't get them to the playoffs, but Simber and he Richards made, were. He made the playoff good enough to. He made the team good enough to make the playoffs. Yes, thank you. Did he make it good enough to make a deep run in the playoffs? Obviously not. No. That's the question I think fans who watch this team and think where the core is at and how good their lineup can be. My only here's here's where I might criticize him. And it's unfair because we will never know the answer to this question. I wonder if the Jays were so intent on getting Jose Ramirez in here in the offseason. I wonder if there wasn't a plan B. Did they did they wait so long for Jose Ramirez for, for, for that deal to happen? Did they wait so long that they shut the door on other things? And we will never know. We we will never. And it's not enough to go and say, well, look at the other left-handed hitters that were traded. That might tell you. No. It's entirely possible they had trade discussions with other teams about their left, left-handed hitters, but said, well, hang on. You know, we, we, we're not ready to make the deal right now because they were looking at Ramirez. Yeah. That is the one thing I would want to note. Were you so fixated on Jose Ramirez that you couldn't pivot? We were never going to know it. Well, he did pivot to Chapman a little bit. So, uh, but that seemed like that was a last resort thing, right? Uh oh, that didn't work. Now I have to hurry up and make the move to a defensive first player with an all a little all or nothing in his swing. Who and he's right handed. He's right handed. Yeah, yeah, that that's hurt more. I mean, he had a, Chapman had a decent year. I mean, he had a great year off defensively, but he had a decent year offensively. He needs he's got some holes. Yeah, yeah the, it's right in front of you now. Like it's. The, what the what the what the collapse did is basically spotlighted everything that needs to be taken care of as soon as possible. There's no yeah. question now. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is a text line. DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. We're going to kind of combine everything together in the final segment. Your chance to have your say on that historic implosion. What do you need to hear from Ross Atkins tomorrow? What are your ideas for the Blue Jays? What are your talking points? And I'll ask you this, too. I'm going to ask folks this tomorrow as well. Does this organization come back from this loss? It is one of those things that makes you take a step back and really think about what the hell are we doing here, right? Does this organization, do you have faith that this implosion, this 8-1 lead, that turned into a 10-9 loss, and it was of historic proportions. This does not happen in baseball. It does not happen in the playoffs. Seldom happens. It's happened three times the team has blown a lead like that, including once in 1929. So this is not a run-of-the-mill thing. This is a historic collapse. 
How does this organization come back from it? It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. This segment of Blair and Barker is brought to you by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. 416-870-0590, star 591 is a text line. So let me just give you a... Uh, brief rundown of uh, our upcoming schedule. Uh, we will have another two-hour Blair and Barker tomorrow on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and on the TV side. Wednesday, we will revert to a radio-only format from 11 to noon, and uh, we'll be that way through the end of the World Series. And, of course, Blair and Barker will also be available in podcast format throughout the year, including the off-season. So basically the same as last year. So I asked the question at the break. Uh, and we'll revisit this tomorrow, tomorrow I'm, I'm sure. Is there any way this organization comes back from this? Thing? Absolutely. Oh, you're this isn't, me? Yeah. I'll absolutely. absolutely. It's three innings. It's one bad move in my mind that I didn't understand. And I'm sure if you ask John today, huh, obviously, obviously he would say if I'd have had it to do over with, I would have just stayed in the dugout. Obviously, because of what exactly happened. If he wouldn't own the outcome, he would have never have done it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They they still have really good players. The players that matter are still really good. It's just now you adjust. And the adjustment is, for me, the interesting part. If tomorrow in Ross Atkins' scrum or whatever you want to call it, is John Snyder sitting right beside him. That, for me, is good. The optics of that thing will be interesting. That will tell you, and you made this interesting point off air, that'll be interesting to see if they've moved on. If he's sitting beside them, that will tell everybody they've already moved on. They have their manager. Now all they're thinking about is the offseason, figuring out what they need to fix, and they got their man. That will be interesting to me. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, it will be. I mean, that. listen, that's the first thing. The, the first question. No question. Is, and, I mean, if I'm Ross Atkins, I don't let anybody ask the question. I'm not going to write a speech for him, but if I'm Ross Atkins, I'm telling people that John Schneider's coming back or I'm saying we're going to have a managerial search. I'm not going to be cute. I'm not going to fancy it up. I'm not going to wait for shy or somebody to ask me the question. You know, like, I'm going to come out and say it. And yeah, if it's me, I got the dude beside me, but that's just me. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe it makes I'm, a lot of sense. Then, well, maybe I'm viewing it. Maybe I'm viewing it differently. I don't know. Things are done differently in there. I mean, there's a lot of people making a lot of decisions in that front office. And um, yeah, that's my two cents worth in that. Ken in London. Hey guys, great show. Great uh, post mortem on the. Uh, Thank you. A brutal, I guess, brutal mm-hmm. collapse. But anyways. Uh, Hey, listen, right off the top, and I'll get to what, what they need to do next year, sure. because you guys have already talked about that. But right off the top of the show, you mentioned, uh, uh, Kevin, I love you, man, but uh, Jeff was right on the nose. Uh, it was just too big of a moment for a young ace of a pitcher in Manoa. Just too big, and, and the proof was in the pudding. They gave up three runs. You know, the, 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 the weird thing is, though, he shouldn't have come out the day before and that little press from there when somebody asked him about pressure you you don't give a smart ass uh, answer like uh, pressure goes in your car tires right that was dumb and then what happens the next game the pressure got to him and he coughed up three runs so 
I guess he'll live and learn, right, about, uh, you know, giving dumb answers like that, I guess. But uh, See, I, also- can I just jump in here? Because I'm uh, – and, and, and hold the line. I'll let you finish. But I'm shocked that everybody who calls up talks about the pressure in the tires thing, which is just <laughs> – but nobody talks about the fact that he said he didn't want to talk to Justin, or that he he didn't talk to Justin Verlander about the postseason because he wouldn't tell me the truth because we're going to probably meet him in the next next round. Nobody mentions that. I mean, he yeah. basically said to the Seattle Mariners, "I think we beat you," and nobody mentions that. Instead, they're you know the, the pressure thing. Anyhow, just continue. Like I'm looking yeah, for bulletin board material. That's the one to me. If I'm a Mariners player, right, I'm saying right. oh, a big man thinks he's, he's already got his beat. I'm looking at I that. Terrible. I, I know. Hey, hey, listen, anyway, he, go he, ahead. He is the ace and he's going to probably be the ace moving forward with, with this organization. But so getting back to what Caleb also said, I mean, all those numbers he threw about that, threw up about that move with uh, bringing in Mesa. Like, don't you guys think, uh, Schneider would have had those numbers in front of him, or maybe not, right? I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have. And and do you think maybe the moment? You think moment was got too big for for John? Because mm. let's face it, he's never been in a position like that, right? I'm not yeah. saying he's not a good manager. I think he's going to come back because I really like him. I think he. I think the players like him. I think he. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential to be uh, a great manager for this team. So, but. What do you think about that? Do you think that maybe the moment was too big for John Schneider? Listen, I, I appreciate the call. Mm. Um, it might have been, and I'm kind of, this is going to sound really odd. I'm not making excuses for John Schneider. I'm okay if it was a, the moment was too big for the rookie manager because I think he can figure it out. Yeah. And, and he's a guy who might be able to grow from that. Mm. We need to know what went into that that thought process. And maybe we'll find out from John at some point. We need to know who, where did it come from? And if John says it was my call, it was a gut call, then hell, you know, one thing you can't do, Buck Rogers told me this. If I screw up, I usually just tell the reporters it's a gut call because nobody can criticize a manager's gut call because you're supposed to manage with your gut calls. That doesn't work anymore. You can't, you can't say that. For us to know one way or the other. We just... We just know what the outcome was, and it wasn't very good. Yeah, the the, the Manoa thing and and being uh, the moment's too big. How do you even answer that? Because he's th- he's overthrowing the two seamer. I mean, that's when I when I saw it, I was sitting right beside you, or I was sitting above you, and I started throwing things at you and started telling you, look at the velocity on the two seamer. I think you remember that. Yeah, you threw a gummy I bear. Threw, at I me. threw something at you, and I think you ate the gummy bear, even though it I, fell on the floor, which is amazing. It's right. two second rule. Yeah, exactly. Right, two second rule. I, I is that does that mean the moment's too big just because he gave up a couple of runs early in the game? I don't know. Is that because he was he was decent I, after that? I think it can mean. I mean, I, how do you even answer that? Yeah, I, no, I, yeah. Or do you I, give credit I, to the other team for taking advantage of a couple bad pitches? No, I absolutely think you can you can say that that. I think you can say the moment because Kevin Gosman was throwing harder. Well, let me put it early this way. in games. You can early say, in the game that he was throwing hard. Let me let me put it this way. I think you can say that maybe the game the the game sped up on Alec right at the start. It was too fast for him right at the start. Uh, it's interesting. Again, Luis Castillo didn't have that issue. I mean, Luis. No, I, I mean, I'm just it's, saying it's 99 with movement. Luis Castillo. Like did, uh, that's fine, but Luis Castillo right. didn't have that issue. The moment was clearly not. Right. He was comfortable. But out I, there. Well, okay. Uh, on the flip side of it, before he even walked to the mound, he had a three nothing lead. Well, 
Well, I, what? I, was I, it three nothing when he before he even? I'm not, it, it was. I don't want to. There, there's no point in arguing of like the Alec Manoa argument that. You know what? They should be able to rally from a 3 nothing deficit. I'm not blaming anything on Alec Manoa. I'm just saying mm. that maybe the moment was a little too big for him. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh. Mm. Katie is a season's ticket holder and was at the game. At the end of the day, a single brought in three runs. It was a double, was it? It was yeah, it's a, it was a bloop double. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, give, but I know what she gets. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Everyone, the, everyone on the team had a responsibility in the loss, including errors, dangerous plays, pitchers with little command, defensive positioning, misplays, and star players not coming through when it counted. Couldn't argue all those. Yeah, Absolutely. the most. I think we come back. Things just didn't come together. And then she says, "I think the real question is if Atkins needs to be replaced." This is from Katie, a season ticket holder. Don't sound like uh, it's happening. Stop talking. Don't about see that. it happening. No. Don't it's see not it a big deal like this year. I think he's got another four years left. I think contract. so too. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not happening. I wouldn't think. Now I mentioned uh, Ron from Matovico wanted to talk to me. Wanted to talk a little bit about my comments about Atkins making a lot of good moves, and a couple of people pointed out in DMs as well. The Rowdy Tellez move wasn't great. You know, Rowdy Tellez wasn't playing every day for this team. He was not going to be the first. He baseman. fits perfect in Milwaukee too. Ball flies in that exactly. park. That's basically Buffalo in Milwaukee. Yeah. But Ron in Etobicoke says, Atkins has made a lot of good moves to get the Jays to the point they are now at. However, it seems that game-changing moves are the ones he can't make. And he cites Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Justin Verlander, Luis Castillo, Liam Hendricks as, as examples. Going forward, do you think that with Atkins, do you think Atkins is the one to get us the bullpen and left-handed hitters we need? A couple so, of interesting things there. You made a couple of interesting points. Liam Hendricks... The Jays didn't want to give him the, the they, they they had a different value on him than than Liam Hendricks did. He might have looked nice though. Right? I, I would. This is me. This is just me. And I said this at the start when when this came out. So I'm not second guessing here. I give Liam Hendricks the extra year to come no here because I, I just do because he's what I don't have and he's what I've never been able to find. So yeah, the Le- Liam Hendricks. That sticks out to me more. Again, Castillo, we don't know. How serious were they? It doesn't matter. If the Mariners didn't, or if the Reds didn't like your minor leaguers, it doesn't matter. And if it got to the point where the Reds didn't like the Jays' minors league, minor leaguers so much that they were telling they were telling the Jays, give us somebody off your major league roster to make it work, but the Jays may have said, I, I don't know if that addition and subtraction necessarily works. Ramirez, that intrigues me. We'll never know how that ground down. Justin Verlander. Okay, well, you, you know, know I, I get the sense that Justin Verlander wanted to go back, wanted to go back to Houston, but he wouldn't have mind coming here. I, am I going to give Justin Verlander an extra two years to get him here? I, I don't know. I have to think about that. And Francisco Lindor, um, I will, I will again, say this: we what, just don't know the. How the about we stop talking about the past and worry about this is the biggest offseason that Ross Atkins is going to have as a GM of, of the Toronto Blue Jays? Can you agree with me on that? I think last offseason right. may have been the biggest. Uh, not for me. Okay. Not for me. There was a little unknowns between can you beat the Astros? Can you beat other really, really good teams and win the World Series? I know how they were talking, and it's, it's sometimes you got to talk yourself into things. This for me is the biggest one. Yeah, I mean, you know, right I, in front I, of you, I, I and how you lost and the way you lost and what you didn't well. do at the any trade deadline. Yeah. Um. Huh. Yeah. It, it's uh, again a lot of people asking about Rowdy Tellez. Um, you know, Dave Gillis says the loss can be on Atkins, year. but not, it doesn't mean Atkins should be fired. The lease should be shorter. 
bad results next year, he will deserve to go. He's talked about poor contract decisions in the pitching side. Kikuchi, Barrios, Yates, forgot about that, and mm-hmm. Hyunjin, Ryu. I mean, they're, they're, listen, I, I'll gave say... gave it to Yates when nobody else would. Yeah, gave it to Yates, yeah. and, and your point is this. This is going to be the second, third off season now that we've talked about. We need swing and miss stuff in the bullpen, and we need a left-handed hitter. Like, this, is, this is why I'm saying this, this is, is the, the biggest third off season, season for him. Right? This, this is the same, the same issues. Uh, that Don't you we get three strikes? Yeah, Sue Hall. Uh, I'm going to squeeze this in before we break. Longtime listener, love the show. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Wondering about Romano's falling in love with the slider issue. I know you I... can't keep trotting out Pete to remind him, but does the catcher not share some culpabilities? He put down fingers and pitcher going to throw what I... he wants. The discussion seems to come up on a regular basis. I think you can't make a dude do something he don't want to do. I, if this the guy throws it. I blame him. When you abuse it, you make it easier for the guy on the on-deck server to go, <laughs> I've eliminated your 99 because you never throw it. I'll, I'll take my chances on that cement mixing slider right down the middle because I'm trying to go back leg city. And I got a better chance of doing it off that thing because I can hit the bottom part of that slider. So, yeah, for me, that will, in the offseason, too, make you question, can you go deep with Jordan as your closer? Or do you have to figure that out, too? Well, there's a lot to figure Last out. Last question, Noah Seligman. Were you surprised we didn't see Barrios or Stripling once it was 8-5? Nope. They sort of had it set up for their highest leverage guys. Yes. So, no. I'm not going to Barrios. Not, you have no idea what you were getting yeah. out of Barrios. Uh, other people mentioned that, though. About- yeah. Stripling, you're saving Stripling because you got the lead. You know, you'd like him to be in our game plan in about the sixth inning because it's 8-1. Game yeah. plan for tomorrow yeah. for no, domination. You, you, so, you, you're not pitching Stripling at all because you you need a starter for the next day, and it ain't going to be Brios. Yeah. No, I, the, the Stripling didn't even – the thought didn't even occur to me. Brios a little bit, but – he's only made one bullpen appearance in his career and it was awful and it was in the playoffs and it was not good. I mean, there were so many highest leverage guys. Yeah. You know what? You can, you can second guess the decisions that were made just by looking at the guys in the bullpen. You don't have to get one thing about this game. You do not have to get too creative to second guess in this game. You know, you really don't. I mean, it's come down to the Tim Mesa decision and Jackie Bradley jr. Those seem to be the two, the two things that it comes down to. And I know maybe the Jimmy Garcia as well. But I think it's the Tim Mesa decision and Jackie Bradley Jr. Those are the ones that it comes down to. Anyhow, Ross Atkins speaks tomorrow. It'll be after our show. But we will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360. And uh, we'll take more calls. We'll have more analysis. Maybe even look ahead to the playoffs, which are going to continue. They are going to be playing baseball, even though the Blue Jays aren't in it this year. Maybe we'll take a look we at the We've got to change this song, too. No more Mets. Yeah, no more Mets. <laughs> have to change this song. That's it for us. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend. We'll chat with you manana.